Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 14 of the Holding Court podcast. We have an incredibly inspiring episode for you today. We're going to be joined by an extremely talented artist, and he's going to share with us the story of how it all came to be. Hi, everyone. I'm sitting here with Justin, even though baseball's back. He's still with me. I'm still, still got here. my sidekick. Well, baseball's not officially back yet. Well, yeah. I mean, summer camp is here. Summer camp is, yeah, I guess it's going. We'll call it baseball's back. <laughs> <laughs> We're excited. I'm pumped. I posted a video on Instagram taking a live AB. We had fake crowd noise. They were pumping it in. The adrenaline was going. My heart was pumping. Are you going to keep in the vault who was pitching? Yes. I will never divulge that name. Well, just tell everyone it wasn't me. <laughs> it wasn't you. But. It's in the vault. It felt good. That's good. You got good. your, I think that's your second home run of spring out of the way, right? I mean, it doesn't Yeah, count. I think I hit one in spring 1.0. Yeah. But that that wasn't official summer camp though. That was just like a live yeah. session. But it probably only after only a few guys there. But you know. after the hiatus, though, it probably feels good to jerk one out. Is that what it's called? <laughs> jerk one. <laughs> Don't you say that? No. No one said jerk one out. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm gonna look that up. That's I've heard, heard that. No. I've heard that. Yeah, jerked like he jerked one. <laughs> Stop saying jerked one. No. Jed Jerko. Yeah, okay, that's fine. I bet he that's says appropriate. He, I'm going to look it up. I think that's a thing. Yeah, jerked one. No, like jacked one out maybe. A jerked one out just doesn't sound appropriate. <laughs> I I listen to so much baseball. You don't. So you don't know all the lingo <laughs> okay. of the commentators. Are you going to lecture me on baseball lingo right now? Well, you don't hear it like I do. Okay, I guess. You listened to some terrible broadcaster who said Turner jerked one out. I don't. <laughs> I'm going to look it up. Oh, can we move jerked on? Jerked one out. Can we move on? Yeah. Why don't you tell everyone who's coming on the show today? Oh, man. I'm Googling jerked one out while you tell everyone. Well, we have the incredibly talented artist by the name of Micah Johnson, who we're going to give a call to and bring him on and um, let him join the cast and tell his story. He's got a really unique story. He's a really amazing, talented guy in so many different areas. And uh, I'm very grateful that he's willing to take out the time to jump on here with us and, and tell us, you know, his story and what he's all about and, and the road it took him on to get to where he's at today. So you want to, uh, without further ado, just get him on board? Yes, let's do it. Let's bring on Micah. All right, hang on. Here he comes. Hi, Micah. How are you doing? Doing well. Doing really well. Awesome. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for coming on here, man. I know you're you're back on the East Coast, so it's a little later for you than it is for us. And uh, we appreciate you carving out some time to to jump on the cast with us. No, yeah, we're glad to uh, be on, catch up, and uh, hopefully the baby doesn't uh, 
come fussing up too much while we're on here. <laughs> That's all right. We'll, we'll give you a break if she wakes up. You can go. Uh, you can go grab her. <laughs> yeah. Well, we definitely want to talk about your path and how you got where you are today. And I actually heard a cool story about how you started painting, and I guess it started in 2016 in spring training. And I guess it's kind of a little thanks to Dave Roberts. Yeah. Yeah, like a big thing. Uh, <laughs> it all started when he, uh, I don't know if he still does it, but he used to have guys come up to the uh, the front and introduce themselves. And I remember right before I went up, I was thinking about playing piano, like telling him that, you know, I really enjoy playing piano, but I had seen that he was making guys do, uh, do the things that they say they like to do. And I was kind of embarrassed to do that. Um, <laughs> And I just said painting for some reason. I think it's because right before I went to spring training, we did like a wine and sip class. It was kind of like fresh in my mind. And uh, <laughs> little do you know, you maybe do a painting with Maury Will. <laughs> oh, Uncle Maury. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, Court and I have, have been wanting to do one of those little wine and sip paint classes, and we never have. So if, if that's what really kind of got it in the back of your mind, maybe that'll open up an artistic side to me that I never knew I had. <laughs> yeah, but I did one of those classes and we painted flip-flops hanging on a clothesline with like a sun in the background. So it was it was not painting Maury Wells by any means. <laughs> yeah. Probably would have turned out better for me, but the guys were super cool about it. Like, I guess what like encouraged me to keep doing it was that they're all upset at how good it was, even though it was like, you know, awful. <laughs> where and where is that painting of, of Uncle Maury? Does does he still have it? Yeah, he has it. He has it. Uh, I think awesome. he's got like Sedona or something, but that's where he said yeah, he, he's going to put it up there. That's pretty legendary, dude. Like your first like official painting is for Maury Wills, and he has it. It's probably hanging in his house. I mean, Uncle Maury's the man. I, I know you know, and uh, we we both have so much respect for him, but how, how cool is that that, you know, Maury Wills is your first painting. He has it up in his house, and now you've kind of – built out this whole uh career and and you're falling in love with, with painting basically because of this this piece you did for Maury. yeah i mean obviously it's a lot of pressure you know it's a, a dodge of legend but um it was definitely really cool to look back on especially as i continue my career and i do a lot of portraits of like how far i've come and like it, i try to tell people all the time that I wasn't like artistic at all. I just kind of made myself into an artist. I just worked like, with the same like work I think I had when I played. Um, and I truly think that anybody can be an artist if they're you know really passionate and they wake up every day like needing to create something. And that's kind of how it was for me, or how it still is. Like I wake up early and have to paint or I have to draw something. Um, and it's just really cool looking back on like that Maury painting. And to think how far I've come. <laughs> yeah, right. And and you guys had you guys had a good connection anyway because I know you spent a lot of time in Maury's pit, the famous Bunning pit. Uh, <laughs> and and you know I know you guys spent a lot of time together in, in the food room and and eating breakfast and stuff. And I mean Maury's stories are incredible. But you know, similar to you, he he was more than just a baseball player. He had so many talents off the field and he was a musician and, and he did all kinds of things. He was funny as right. you could ever imagine. So it was kind of, it was kind of perfect, uh, a perfect setup for you to paint him first, because I feel like you guys are so similar in like a lot of things that you guys do, like both off the field 
away from baseball. Uh, you guys had the whole stolen base thing. You still in 84 right. bases in the season. And uh, I thought that was like kind of the perfect little pairing to just jumpstart this newfound love that you had uh, for painting. Yeah, for sure. And I think um, Maury, when he got it, you know, I, I think he really appreciated it. And, you know, he was so, super excited knowing that like he probably had better paint of himself, you know, but we did have that special bond and, you know, we'd hang out every day, bunting. It was, it was nice looking back on it because, um, even though we all know how to bunt, it was still nice going over there every day and like having him teach you how to bunt again every day just because he just cared that much about the game and the fundamentals. And I think that's what kind of was my thing too. It's like, we might not be the most talented players, but we cared about it. We liked it. and uh, We worked really hard to get there. So like, yeah, I think it was really cool. Definitely do a, Dude of Maury. Yeah, for sure. And the one thing that always sticks out to me about Uncle Maury, his his famous line is, You could do better, right? And like (laughs) it's it's so like it's such a simple line, but it's it's such a good phrase to apply to I think everything in life. Like when you think you got it, you think you figured something out, uh, you know, you just think of Uncle Maury and you know, you could do better, you can do better. And then you're like, Yeah, you're right, don't get complacent, keep working, keep growing. Uh, keep being curious and, and trying to expand on whatever it is that, that you're doing. So, uh, man, love Uncle Maury, man. He, he's awesome. I'm glad he's the guy that that kickstarted your your painting career, really. I, I'm going to give him the credit, not Doc. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he <laughs> you could have said, no, this is terrible. Keep it in a sticky baseball. And I would have probably been trying the whole baseball thing still. <laughs> yeah, he didn't say you could do better when you gave him the painting, so. <laughs> yeah. That was, like, he, thought, he thought it was like an abstract artwork or something. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, we're going to move it on down because, uh, you know, I think a year later you ended up having an art exhibition at Dodger Stadium, at, at the Stadium Club, and it was mm-hmm. it was obviously a big deal for you and um, getting some of your – new friends in the art world, uh, Shelby and Sandy together to come out and do this whole exhibition. But it was also kind of a crazy time because I think right before, I mean, maybe a week before, two weeks before, because you you had gotten traded to the Braves, right? And then, yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. And then we, we were like, what's going on with the art show? And you were trying to figure it out. And you know, our friend, I think Kat was involved with the whole thing yeah. and getting it set up. And, and then you ended up, you know, working out a deal and the Dodgers still wanted to do it. And Court and I were lucky enough to be invited and getting to go to that exhibition. And it was, it was the first art gallery I'd ever been to an art exhibition. And Court, I don't know if you've yeah. ever been to one, but it was awesome. And I'm, I'm so, so glad you invited us and included us in that. And uh, you know, you want to talk a little bit about those guys and, and what they had, uh, the impact they had on you as, as an artist? Yeah, definitely. I mean, those dudes are the, probably one of like top artists, if not the top pop artists like in the world. So like the fact that I look back on it and I kind of like, like, man, why would they ever do that with me? Like, you know, like, <laughs> like what were they thinking? <laughs> but, um, but it was cool because we worked together for the entire off season and they just like brought me into their just amazing downtown LA studio. And obviously my experience with art was so limited and just watching these guys who, you know, were have paintings, like every celebrity has one of their paintings or they're doing paintings and for everybody all day long and working all day long. Um, 
their styles, you know, I tried to emulate it early on in my like, artistic career, but it was, I couldn't, right? Like, they're so good at making straight lines. Like they could make a straight line across like a 10 foot canvas without even like messing up one. Wow. Um, and I think like early on, I tried to emulate that um, and it just wasn't my personality. Um, and I think that was kind of like the cool thing about like the creative processes. Like you can go years and years and years and not find like a signature style. Um, but one thing that I did take from them was like how like the whole business side of art, like they knew how to get deals done. And I think it's always hard when you're selling art, um, like talking about like the whole business side, but as to be a successful artist, that's where like the majority of, uh, success comes from is like, can you sell paintings? You know? So it was really, that was probably one thing that I really took from them. Um, and it was, you know, obviously it's helped me so far to be able to do this full time, you know? Yeah, for sure. And, you know, one thing I remember from that night was a, a painting that you actually did. Um, and I, I don't know the right, like, language for this because it was, no, actually, it, it was actually a photo of Dodger Stadium, the black and white, yeah, and then you nice. painted over the top of it. And, I mean, it was, like, red and yellow and blue balloons and baseball helmets and tic-tac-toes. And, um, you know, you changed the colors of the bleachers in the outfield uh, and That's you outlined right. the LA behind home plate and we actually, uh, Jock and I stood on the stage and we auctioned it off live <laughs> and looking back right now, like I, I, I kind of regret not bidding on that and, and getting that piece. Cause it's such a cool, like, I guess, interpretation of Dodger stadium through, through your artwork. I, I love it. I don't know if you, if you remember what kind of inspired you to that. Cause that, this was early in your art career too. So right. do, do you remember, can you, can you remember what, like what inspired you to, to do all these? And, and I actually have a picture of it and we'll probably post it on, on uh court's Instagram uh, later today or, or maybe yeah. tomorrow when we put the podcast up, but uh, it's such a cool piece. And I don't know if you can, if you can even remember right, or kind yeah. of touch back into it, but it'd be cool to hear about that. Yeah, that was important because like, uh, I think that it was like you and Jack and Kip Lee. Yeah. Like, like drew yourselves. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and which was cool because, like, the whole thing was like it doesn't. Here, you guys are like amazing baseball players, like playing in front of so many people every night. But if you tell somebody like to, to do art, right, they always get like shy about it because they don't think your art's good. Um, so, like that piece is really cool because you guys, like, you know, showing art is a vulnerable thing, right? Because you want to do like hyper realism or something like that, but the one thing about art that makes art art is like it's your interpretation right so it's like whatever you see the world and however you put it down on paper there's there's no right or wrong so that was like really cool because like you said you've never done like a painting class and and to be able to like be that like open and vulnerable you know like showcasing your art it's not easy you know if you're having people you play in front of every night so like that that piece is like really cool and it's cool collectible for whoever got it because you know like anybody can get like your signature but you know your artwork is completely different you know like your really personal expression without sounding like a hippie <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah no for sure and it was it was myself and kenley jansen and jock peterson and yasio puig and adrian gonzalez all kind of drew, yeah. on, drew on it and signed it and mm-hmm. uh, you saw you signed the bottom of it which was awesome and again i i regret i wish i would have bid on that yeah, that's cool. That was a cool piece. Yeah, it's been like my dream, like to do that more with athletes and kind of let people see like this whole, you know, unique side of them, right? 
because um, whatever art they put out, it doesn't matter if it looks hyper realistic. It's still cool, you know. It's still something they made. You know? <laughs> yeah, for sure. And you're doing something like that with Matt Caesar, right? Or yeah, or you, yeah. You started something. Yeah, me and Matt worked together on artwork. That um, obviously he's an art an artist too, but um, for um, to raise money for racial injustice, and it was cool because we sold like uh, you know making like twenty four thousand dollars on this artwork, and uh, wow. Jason Hayward bought the original painting, and we were able to donate all that, which was really cool um, to see that people had that kind of demand and willingness to you know put money in to help uh, what we were trying to do. So it kind of like yeah, proves that there's kind of like this thing to be said about you know athletes expressing themselves versus you know shut up, shut up and dribble like they you know yeah. forever had had to do you know so it was kind of cool. Yeah, for sure, and that's something that you know Court and I talk about with a lot of our guests that come on here is is um, you know what they do in the community, what they're doing to give back to uh, try to make make change and impact people's lives. So it's it's really cool that you're doing that and. Uh, you're also doing some stuff with some minor league baseball players, if I'm not mistaken, to help right. keep them, uh, you know, put some money in their pocket, especially since right now it's, uh, I mean, to be perfectly blunt, it's pretty brutal what they're going through. And, um, right. I mean, I think we both know what the minor leagues mean uh, to guys, and it's our first chance to, you know, really grow up and kind of become men and be out on our own and, experience life uh at least for me it was and uh you're doing some cool stuff to help those guys out too right right like uh like for you know we, we were grinders you know we, we figured it out but we've had a grind through the minor leagues you know and, yep. um to see the guys you know opportunities first like entry into the game like we could drastically cut and then for them not to have a season and worry about paycheck paycheck you know like these guys are going to go a full year without a paycheck, even if it's like, you know, $400 every two weeks is still money. Yeah. Um, so, like, I can't, like, offer much besides my paintings. And at this point, uh, my paintings were selling at a good rate. And I was like, you know, let me just figure out how I can, like, at least have these guys work, you know, because I know they don't want, like, handouts. They just want to work for whatever they make. So I tried to have some guys sell some art, just kind of be, like, art dealers, you know. And if people want commissions, you know, I have to give them a percentage. Um, and at the same time, I had some uh, minor league guys work on some creative projects with me, like, hey, uh, you guys edit videos or something, you know, and little stuff like that, just to make that job, you know, like app, using After Effects, um, just so they can earn some money right now. And I'll probably keep on doing that, uh, you know, animating some videos or some paintings. I'm just trying to find some creative way for them to make some money during this time, you know, because, <laughs> I mean, they don't make any money as it is, and they go a full year without a paycheck. Um, that, that would be tough if, if, if I was in their shoes, you know. Yeah, and obviously, you know, similar with the times, we've talked about how the quarantine has kind of given a lot of baseball guys kind of a preview of what retirement could look like if you mm. don't have that next step planned out. I know Justin is like, is right. this what it looks like if I don't go into, <laughs> you know, coaching or this and that? So mm-hmm. I think it's you know, so unique that, you know, you're, you, I think you've said kind of like on to my next dream with what you're doing right now. Yeah. And I, I don't, I don't ever take like a day for granted. Like if, for me being able to wake up and go to my studio whenever I want and paint whenever I want or whatever I want. 
because I know, I like remember like before I knew painting, like, I, I thought the same thing. Like I guess I'll just coach when this is done after I play until I'm 40, right? Um, so like I was really fortunate um, to have this fallback option because you know my baseball career kind of ended. Be, you know, like they always say it does before you expect it to. Um, so to be able to transition nicely into art, um, it was scary. That's for sure because um, we play baseball our whole life, and like our whole focus is on baseball. So like, I w- I'm not going to speak for everybody, but most of us kind of like didn't like pay attention to school like we probably should have, and like we're kind of behind the eight ball in the business world. Um, so for sure, for I, sure, I, I had some like learning curves, and I got my kind of like ass kicked a little bit in the business world and guys just, you know, were taking advantage of my lack of knowledge, I guess. So I think this is a good time for players. And I think they are taking that, um, the opportunity to kind of like educate themselves on like investing and other stuff like that, you know, because yeah, when it hits you, you got you got a whole life to, to live, you know? <laughs> no, definitely. And, and I agree with you a hundred percent. You know, we, start playing baseball from the time we're three, four years old and right. you have a dream to get to the major leagues and that's all you want to do. And that's all your focus is on, you know, 24 seven. And, you know, you, we both got opportunities to go and play in college and, and get that right. education. But, you know, the reality was it wasn't about going and getting the education. It was about no. playing baseball and trying to, you know, use that as a stepping stone into, into pro ball and, and to get to the major leagues and, I definitely feel you on that, you know, like regretting not paying more attention and then now having to almost teach myself and, you know, take a few punches in the face and and pick myself back up because, you know, those were things that I didn't really pay attention to. And now I'm kind of learning on the fly as, as I go and I'm like kicking myself. So, so all you young kids out there listening, <laughs> uh, yeah. school's important. Yeah. Pay attention because if you don't do it now, you're gonna have to turn around and do it some at some point in your life if you want to be successful. So, um, yeah, yeah, that's a that's a great point, and uh, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. And uh, you know, one other thing I wanted to ask you about because I feel like, you know, like I just said, like from the time we were three, four years old, it was up, it was baseball, baseball, baseball. And I know you were the same way and, and your dream was to play major league baseball, but like, what's it like for you? You dreamt to, to play major league baseball and you reached the pinnacle. You, you played in the major leagues, right? You, your dream was fulfilled, but then to realize that your artwork is what kind of makes you whole, right? Because like you found this new passion and this new love, like baseball was your dream, but you had no idea your whole life growing up that, you know, painting and and art was going to be what made you feel the best about yourself. Right. So what's it like and how scary is it? I mean, you touched on a little bit, but like making that transition from like your dream to what like makes you feel the best about yourself. Cause that's, that's not easy to do. No, it's not. I mean, it was scary. Really, it was really scary when I got done. Because, like, when I got done, I left because of, you know, like, I really wanted to focus on, like, my mental health and, like, everything, right? Like, baseball is just becoming like, a lot of pressure at that point. You know, I was getting older. I was, like, on the cusp every single time. Um, so when I left, like, it was kind of premature. And, and you know, I knew I was going to do art. and But I just didn't know how I was going to make money doing art, you know? Like, so yeah. <laughs> at the beginning, I was just, like, kind of, like, scary because... Um, like you got now, you got like you gotta you have a baby, you know. You gotta like keep on this, like this, you gotta have a new revenue stream. Um, 
And it wasn't honestly until a couple months ago that I got into like a groove. I found the subject matter, like ironically, that people resonated with and the style that kind of became synonymous with me. So it was kind of not until a few months ago that it finally started to like, okay, we're good, we're comfortable, you know, I'm getting my artwork in galleries, you know, the whole path of like a legit artist. And it's wild to think about because if you had told me, you know, even when we were playing, like, you're going to be this artist, that's it, in like, you know, three years, I was like, no way, right? Yeah. Uh, but it's my whole, like, kind of idea on life is like, you should just set dreams and like, life's all about achieving them. And, like, you can have multiple, right? Because you only have one life if you can do a lot of things. I think anybody has the power to will themselves into something, you know? Um, and that's really what I did with art. Like, literally just worked every day. And even when my works were just not selling and they were just bad or whatever it was, I just kept working. I just knew, you know, one day it'll pay off. You'll just, you just got to, you know, just work every day. That's kind of what I did. Yeah, and I think, you know, your art becoming more meaningful to you and telling a story, I think it sounds like you're more confident in it. And I think that, mm, yeah. you know, when there's an authenticity to what you're doing and, and you believe right. in it and what you're doing, I think that, you know, with that, you can't put a lot of mind into anyone that's a naysayer or doesn't believe in what you're doing because, you know, what you're doing is real to you. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. It's like... Um, <clears throat> It's kind of like you got to kind of put blinders on, you know, and when I was painting stuff early on, I was just kind of doing it for Instagram and like Twitter, right? Trying to like paint a subject that people would really resonate with. Like, you know, maybe I'll do a baseball artwork, you know what I mean? Um, and then it was weird, but like I just was home and I heard my nephew ask my sister, and he's like four years old, if astronauts could be black. And like right then and there, I was like, you know, this four-year-old thinks there's a limitation on his dreams. Wow. Uh, and I was like, that's what I'm going to paint. Like, I'm my paintings are just meant to like kind of reflect young black kids and kind of like their view on the world, like and try to inspire as many people as I can. Um, and it was kind of crazy. But like, the collectors that came on board then were like from all walks of life, from all over the world, and each artwork had like a different meaning to them. So it was really cool to see like the impact, you know, these little kids and like these subjects are all my nephew, like how it's happened, the impact they're having on people from all walks of life. Yeah, that's, wow. That's unbelievable. And, you know, it's obviously with what's going on right now and, and there's such sensitive times with, you know, mm -hmm. uh, social issues and equality and everything that that's happening in our world. And like, it almost, you know, it's crazy that to even think about this in 2020, but you know, the timing of this, you know, falling, happening, and then your nephew asking the questions and then your artwork kind of coming into its right. own. Do you, do you think it's all kind of like, like the stars are aligning right now? Because like you said, you found your groove. I think you've, you've tried all sorts of different types of painting, yeah. right? Like oil painting, yeah, canvas exactly. painting, yeah. wood. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. then now like everything's kind of coming together and it's got to be, you know, such a good feeling. Although, you know, there's still tons of work to do and, and a huge message to try to convey and, and to try to help right. people. But like, it's got to feel good that you found your niche, like in these times and you're able to, you know, express yourself through your young nephews and, and mold yeah, right. them and impress and put an impression on them uh, that hopefully, you know, creates bigger and better dreams for them as well. 
Yeah, I mean, you guys are pretty insightful on the art game. Uh, <laughs> you know, the right things to say and ask. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, it's, it's, like, really ironic that, you know, before all this happened, I heard that question, and my style came into play. And um, Because if this would have happened a few months before, like, I would have missed this whole opportunity to spread this message. And now, like, I don't know, I think, in society in general, you're seeing a lot of new conversations being had, and a lot of new um, kind of renewed hope for everybody, right? And kind of like a, a unity thing. Um, so I think when people see my art, um, it's very kind of serious topics, but the artwork is like these little kids, and they're really cute, right? Like, so it kind of like humanizes um, a whole demographic, right? Um, and kind of make people realize like, okay, like, yeah, these kids are super cute. Why can someone hate them? Or like, why would they be killed, you know, when they're being pulled over or something in the future, right? So it kind of like, I don't know, it, it, yeah, the stars align kind of perfectly right now. <laughs> and I think it will hopefully impact a lot of people. Yeah, and I think, you know, Justin and I have had a lot of discussions. I know there's been discussions on social media with friends and family about, you know, right now, everyone kind of trying to find their own way to help. You know, everyone right. knows they want to help. They know, you know, they want to do the right thing with, you know, racial injustice and civil unrest going on. And, you know, some people say, okay, my lane and my way to help is protesting. Or maybe I'm calling officials, um, maybe, you know, making music that lyrics inspire mm -hmm. other people. Or I've seen people even offer up their social media accounts to try to amplify black voices and, you know, just even right. having conversations. Um, so I love, I feel like this is just perfect because, you know, your art is inspiring those conversations. You're raising funds and you're providing images to people, you know, young and old that are resonating with them and, you know, helping inspire change. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think that's one thing too, is like everybody's going to be able to, everybody, everybody realizes this is a problem. Right. But some people are comfortable in some arenas and, or others, right? And if it's just um, supporting my art, right, or supporting or having conversations about it, you know, maybe that's what they're going to do to help kind of further the conversation, right? And um, <clears throat> I, I think that's kind of what my, I feel like a responsibility of an artist, like during any period of time, we can always look back on art and kind of like learn more about the history. So I'm hoping, like, you know, like in the future, people can look back on this art and, you know, understand, you know, kind of like what these kids were growing up in. And it's kind of my plan with this project um, to chronicle my nephews until they're 18 years old. And we'll kind of have like a, a frame of work that kind of depicts American history for the next 18 years, right? Because I think it's going to be an incredible 18 years with so much like change happening. So I think, you know, I hope that my work can be seen for years to come and people can kind of say, oh, I, I can't believe, you know, they, they had to wear face masks every day and these kids never went to the store or went to school or, you know, and at the same time they saw, they had to sit home and watch, you know, the news and people are dying and stuff. And I think it's a really important time to kind of record as an artist. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I, I think if, if people go and, and check out some of your work and they go on your Instagram account, it's Micah underscore Johnson three. Um, you know, you'll see all of the, the work he's putting out there, which is, it's truly incredible. And your nephews are adorable by the way. Um, but I think one of your latest pieces that I think is, 
really, really cool um, is your nephew wearing a cape and you just kind of touched yeah. on it a little bit wearing, wearing the mask right now. And like for people who are going to go on and, and they're, they're going to check out your Instagram account and see these paintings. Can you just talk a little bit about that one painting? Cause that's probably one of the first or second paintings I think on your page that are going to come yeah. up and just like help them understand like what you were trying to convey in that painting. Because I, I, I read a little bit about it and I think it's such a powerful right. message that I, I think people will, will enjoy hearing it from you. Yeah, that one, it's, it's big and it's commanding. It's uh, 70 inches by 60 inches um, and it's on raw linen. So it's just meant to be just raw. Right. And I took, you know, very dark charcoal lines, um, just a little bit of color and yeah, he's in a superhero cape with a face mask. And I wanted to show people, like, when they look back on you know, why is the world better in, you know, 20 years or 30 years or why is, you know, how, how, how do we get to this point of, you know, everybody's equal and everybody's doing well, which I think we'll get to. Um, I think this is going to be this younger generation because they're growing up, like, way different than any other generation. Like, they, they're not going to school. They're not having play days. Their summers are not the same um and then at the same time that my nephews are two and four they're starting to understand things around them and they're watching what their parents are very you know evolved politically very intelligent they're watching news and they're seeing what's going on um i think they're going to be so resilient in like really really tough generations and i think they're really going to move the needle because you know everybody our age we're pretty much in agreement that you know there's something needs to change. So we're going to raise our kids in a way, you know, um, that they're tough and, and teach them right from wrong. And I think you're going to see so much progression in this country with this younger generation. You know, um, I mean, they're living through a pandemic, you know, like they're going to be so resilient. That's kind of what that message is behind that artwork. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. And I think, uh, you know, obviously it's a very serious message and don't want to, you know, take the transition too lightly here, but I did have kind of a goofy question for you. Uh, you know, your, your nephews are your subjects right now and you just recently had your daughter. Uh, have you and your wife had that conversation on whether you're going to do some of these portraits or some of these paintings using your daughter? Are you going to stick with your nephews until they turn 18? No, I think we, we haven't. Um, because, I, I would like to have her start getting intertwined in in this, right? Um, because obviously, um, growing up like you know a black woman, she's you know biracial like me. Her experience is going to be, her experience will be different. You know, she has like blue eyes, right? So like her huge, experience huge be blue eyes. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> like trouble blue eyes. So like, <laughs> so, she, so she's going to be have a different experience you know like she's probably gonna have you know people asking her if she's if she's black and telling her how she's supposed to act right same thing i had growing up um and my nephews are a little different like their parents are from kenya and trinidad right so like um they're growing up as black men in this country mm -hmm. um, so we'll, we'll be able to see like what period their transition to you know being judged differently because right now they can go anywhere and they, everybody thinks they're cute. Um, so I don't know. I think we'll I think it, it might be different subjects, you know, it might be different kind of experiences, which it might be good, you know? 
Yeah, for sure. I hope, it's, I, hope, I hope it's different. I hope people are like, you know, she can just act however she wants to act. I know her experience will definitely be, <clears throat> be different than my nephew. Yeah, no, definitely. And that, that I, me and court were talking about that earlier today. Like, okay. Like, is that something? Cause it's a conversation that we have, like if we have kids, are we going to keep them on social mm-hmm. media, off social media? How are we going to do that? Yeah. And, I mean, I mean, your, your painting and your work obviously isn't social media. That's a whole nother world, but, uh, that'll be pretty awesome. You know, you, you start putting out portraits and paintings of your daughter and also delivering, you know, social messages. And uh, that, I think that'd be really cool. Yeah. That's a good point about the social media thing. Like, <laughs> like you see all this stuff come out about like TikTok and all this stuff. And it's like, <laughs> like why? I don't hope she's not on TikTok or you know, <laughs> I, I but you got to think there's got to be more responsibility with social media moving forward. I think people are becoming more aware of like the harmful nature it can have. Like even for me, like creatively, I was in a bad spot creatively because I kept on going on social media looking at people, you know, like looking like, okay, I need, to, I need to paint like this person, right? But like, I always think back to like when you guys did the artwork, you didn't like go reference things. You just painted what you painted, right? And that to me is like really cool because, mm-hmm. you know, as an artist, it's hard kind of do things and you kind of lose that creative freedom um so social media is like kind of it's good you know, for some things but <laughs> you're right sometimes it's like is it that good you know <laughs> yeah it's a it's a slippery slope it's a dangerous world you know they just everything can be seen in so many different lights depending on who's looking at it and you know you get those people who just try to start problems on social media and know, it's just man. And for whatever reason, like we give those ones more attention than the, you know, <laughs> hundreds of positive. other positive ones. I don't understand. I don't know how to trick my mind into not doing that, but uh, hopefully one day <laughs> I can, I can figure it out. But yeah, you probably got like kind of like a lot of heat for like the negotiations and stuff, right? Oh man. Yeah. It's always those things to get like the publicity for saying, you know, siding with the owners and, you know, creating this whole thing. It's like, like just relax man like we're in a place that says you know we're gonna get something out you know but it's all, all it was so much hate on that well we it's get we get so much hate all the time anyway when it comes to like negotiations and stuff and, yeah. and whatnot but like for this time period and everything that's happening right now for as bad and as public as everything got man it was just i mean it just made you scratch your head like what are we doing yeah you know what i mean yeah, like, <laughs> yeah it wasn't MLB had a chance, like this is kind of off topic, but they had a chance to really capitalize on like changing the narrative of the way people see baseball, right, in this country. Right? Like it used to be really cool when we were growing up. I mean, everybody knew King Cooper Jr. Everybody knew, you know, Sammy Sosa, you know. And they had an opportunity to kind of make a statement. And all you heard about MLB was, you know, pro- league proposals and league proposals. And it's like, I you guys just figure this out privately, you know, like, it's not like, it's not a good time right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just airing out everyone's laundry. It was a mess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I'm glad it uh, got situated. And I think uh, one thing I do got to say is that the, the Dodgers are, did an amazing job throughout like all of this. Like their like uh, conversation, like, like what Kershaw came out and said, right. Like that was cool. Then even like talking like Lon, Lon Rosen, right. Like, the Dodgers have always been like an organization on the forefront of how they can help in the community, right? And it just kind of doesn't really trickle down to the rest of the MLB offices. 
Yeah, right. Yeah. No, I mean, obviously the organization has such a long history and lineage and with, you know, Jackie Robinson and Campanella and breaking the color yeah, barrier. Right. And it's crazy because, you know, not only did they break, um, you know, the color barrier for African-American players, but if you look at a Dodger roster over the last 10 years, you know, you have players from Japan, Korea, Venezuela, right. Cuba, uh, Dominican Republic, Mexico. It's unbelievable, uh, you know, how they open the doors for everyone, you know, once, yeah. once Jackie broke through. So, uh, it's something that I think is one of the coolest things ever about being a Dodger is getting to wear that 42 Jersey. Uh, I know everyone in the league gets to wear it, but we get to wear it and have it say Dodgers on the front, which is, which right. is so cool. Yeah. It's a, I always say it's like, it's, their organization is kind of beyond baseball. Like you're doing, like it's really like, the Dodgers Foundation does and stuff like it's a really cool organization. Like that's one thing I always remember. Like I, I you know, I, I did a podcast the other day and the guy reminded me like you have one hit in the Dodgers. And I'm like, all right, man, like chill. <laughs> first of all, what's his name? Like I don't know. It was like, uh, but it's true. You know, like I had like three at bats. So, like I was like, yeah, but technically I hit like three thirty three. You know? Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> but no, I was like, but the whole time I felt like. I always say like one of the best memories was being with the Dodgers because like I was equal to you know everybody else, right? Mm -hmm. like, yeah, that's how the organization kind of views guys. Everybody has a role and they're all treated the same. Uh, like even when you said about having the, the show, even after I got traded, right? Like that was like I'm I'm always indebted to them to that. Um, for, like for real, like, it was it was really cool. Well, yeah, man. I hope hopefully. Uh, you know, you keep blowing up and, and the artwork, you know, keeps uh, telling stories and, and, you know, touching people all over the place. And maybe we can uh, give old Uncle Lon a call and, and set up another little art exposition yeah. at, at, the, uh, <laughs> at the stadium. Definitely. And, uh, you know, you'll have a lot more of your work there. <laughs> instead yeah. of instead of it being a, a bunch of artists, it could just be all your work around there. And I think that would be pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, we, we, we have been talking about something like that. Um, well, I'm, well, I'm super supportive of my art, um, you know, which is cool because I was always so scared of Lon, man. <laughs> like, he'll call me and, like, ask for bar and stuff, and it's, like, uh, it's, it's crazy, you know? Like, it's kind of, like, really, uh, kind of, like, I have to pinch myself, you know? Like, because <clears throat> looking back, even, like, then, I was, like, man, I shouldn't probably put my art up at this stadium and invite people, but... You know, I did it, and it goes to show you if you just are true to yourself and put yourself out there. I mean, what the worst that can happen? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then before before we get out of here and let you go, if if someone is interested in uh, reaching out to you and having a piece done or uh, purchasing your stuff, is the best way to do that through your Instagram or is there a website? How, what what's the easiest way to get a hold of you and and see if you guys can uh, you know get a painting done? Yeah, I'm actually uh, big time now. I'm got a gallery that they can talk to. Uh -oh. uh, <laughs> no, they, uh, yeah, um, I, I, I've been working with Art Angels out of LA. Um, and they can uh, email Art Angels at or at j at artangels uh, dot com, and uh, they can help them all out. And uh, it's a pretty fun process when you're you know looking for artwork because. If it's not available, you can commission a work um, and kind of get it how you want. And it's a cool process because, you know, you're talking about, you know, 
art and your vision and I kind of I think it kind of like is my responsibility to get you that vision you know so uh yeah art angels is a good way to go about it and they're super fun to talk to so that's awesome that's awesome yeah we'll we'll definitely check it out and I think you said you mentioned you have a a little gallery coming up in a in the next couple weeks right out here in LA yeah so I'll be shipping took out four new works I don't think it one of them is that uh um, the, the the painting with of uh, the cape will be out there in LA. Oh, awesome! Um, at Art Angels, and there'll be three other ones um, going out there. They'll be out there uh, later this month. Um, that you can go and check out, and then the gallery's open, um, so it gives people something to do. Yeah, for sure, man. Well, wear hey, your mask. <laughs> we, yeah, wear your mask, right? <laughs> <laughs> Well, hey, man, we appreciate you taking out the time. I know it's getting late over there, and you got a little girl to, to see, too. So um, thanks for coming on. Thanks for sharing uh, your art with us. Thanks for sharing your stories with us. And uh, we miss you, buddy. Hopefully we can get together soon. Yeah, for sure, man. Thanks for uh, having me on. Thanks, Micah. Yeah. That was so cool. That was That was great that we got to have Micah on, and I just realized – you know, he was our very first teammate of mine on our podcast. So, yeah. uh, honored to have him. So glad he got to come on here and, and tell his story and, and share a little bit about his path and, and everything he's doing with his art. He's so talented and we've always had such a great respect for him and, um, just great story all around. Yeah, definitely. Thanks once again to Micah Johnson for, giving us the time today and sharing a little bit about everything he's going, he's got going on. There you go. We got there. <laughs> You're there. <laughs> Make sure you check him out on Instagram at Micah underscore Johnson three and keep those ratings coming on Apple podcasts. Five stars. Yeah. She only wants five stars. If you're going <laughs> to rate it, only give five stars. If <laughs> you're thinking about four or three, just you email know, me, close that app and tell me why. thanks everyone we will talk to you next week bye